Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the very first episode of Collective Knowledge. I'm your host, Shane Barrett. You can find me on Twitter at FFShaneB. And before I introduce my guest and mentor and friend, um, just want to explain to you what the, the idea behind this show is. And that is basically to take people like our guest tonight and the other individuals that I've got on the list and kind of peek behind the curtain just to see and get to know more about them, how they got started in the fantasy industry, when they started playing and all that, and maybe some other fun questions here or there too. Um, but just to kind of get to know people outside of the realm of fantasy football and get to know our, our brothers and sisters in the fantasy football industry a little bit better. So without further ado, my first guest, and as mentioned before, my friend and mentor, is Jeff Lambert of GoingForTwo.com. Jeff, how you doing tonight? What's up, man? Thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, that this is your first episode, it's kind of cool to be on the first of something, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I And I've been on the first of a couple of, of friends' shows, and um, actually, Jay Felicio, I was the first guest on Pod with Upside. That's right. Um, so I, I, I know what it's like. Um, you probably feel like I'm, I'm setting the bar low, but I see it as setting the bar high because you're <laughs> awesome. So um, before we get started, anything you want to plug, anything, where can people find you, et, et cetera? Um, obviously, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Lambert 77. Uh, the website's going for two.com. Uh, if you go to YouTube, you can look for our podcast network uh it's going for two live uh podcast network we basically have i think seven shows now that, that pretty much go uh most of the day through the week and uh just cranking out podcasts cranking out content getting ready for the season coming up here pretty soon yeah i know i am i'm very ready for the season i think a lot of people are um train training camp is coming up on us and uh, i think a lot of people including myself are very very excited for that Definitely. um so, all right, let's get rolling into this show sheet. I am actually in the middle of uh, blasting this out to some retweet groups real quick. Um, so first question, Jeff, that I have for you is when did your first fantasy football league start? I think it was it was late 90s. It was like 96, 97, somewhere in that range. Um, a friend of mine asked me about it. So I, I'd always been like a stat nerd, like even like yeah. in, in high school, I would bring the paper on Tuesdays before I even played fancy football. And I just wanted to know like, who's the number one offense, who has the most touchdowns in the league. Just think I just wanted to know in case it came up in a conversation, I can talk about it. Uh, so when he offered this fancy football thing, I was like, all right, cool. You know, I've never played before. Let's, you know, I'll, I'll jump in those. So I think it was Yahoo's inaugural season. Oh, uh, nice. I wasn't one of the ones that did the the, the notepads and the Excel the notepad sheet. and paper. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't quite there, but yeah, I think it was Yahoo's first year doing fancy football. We got on that. Uh, it was actually an IDP league, which back then they oh, wasn't wow. even called IDP. It was just <laughs> you just had defensive players. We didn't have like cool names for anything. Uh, and yeah, that that league started all the way back then, and it's still actually going to this day. Uh, awesome. Whatever that is, twenty four, twenty five years, whatever that yeah. that that is. Um, we've actually turned it into dynasty. We did get rid of the IDP part of it. Unfortunately, we all kind of grew up, got jobs and can't really, <laughs> can't really follow it quite <laughs> as much as we used to. Yeah. Uh, so we got, we went to just team defenses. We finally got rid of the kicker last year. Uh, the kicker's I'm so no proud more. of you. Yeah. It, that was my last league. That's the last one that was holding on to that kicker. They were holding on. I, I finally got them to, to kill the kicker. And, uh, but yeah, that league's been going on for quite a while. It's, it's a group of guys that I've known for a very long time. 
Awesome. And you answered my, my follow-up question, was, is that still going? Um, so, and you mentioned some of the league settings. What are the other league settings? Like, is it 1QB? Is it Superflex? Talk to us about the league settings for that inaugural league of, of Jeff Lambert. Yeah, it's it's pretty straightforward. The guys I play with aren't uh, – I mean, they're into fantasy football, but they're not quite the way I am. Uh, so they keep yeah. it pretty basic. It's 1QB. Uh, we do – now that we get rid of the kicker, we added an extra flex spot. So we got two flex Love spots instead of just one. Uh, so that's okay. that's really the only difference. I do have um, uh, return yardage uh, is, is part of it. So if you have a receiver that gets return yardage, that's actually – he gets points for that. That's one thing that's a little bit different than most leagues. Uh, and defenses, the team defenses get half a point for a tackle for a loss, which is also not a standard oh. uh, thing to have. So there's defenses out there that can do really, really well uh, when they get those a lot of those behind. Because I, I view a tackle for a loss as basically a sack on a non-quarterback is the way I yep. look at it. So no, that could count for something. Totally agree. Um, shout out to uh, to Jordan Reigns, I think Fifty Shades of Drunk on Twitter. Um his IDP one two three scoring is similar to that, where it, like it it takes into account all defensive plays, so tackles, assisted tackles, tackles for loss, passes deflected, all that stuff, and you actually get points for all of that. So it makes the defensive side of the ball even more valuable and and more comparable to the offense. So I love that your team defenses even get a half a point for a tackle for loss. Um, how many times have you won the league? So officially five times. There's two that they nice. won't recognize because they're the <laughs> first years I played, I wasn't the commissioner and I had a okay. different email address and I won those first two years that we played. But then okay. I took over the league and I changed the email address because it wasn't really appropriate email address. <laughs> you know, I was probably <laughs> like in my, 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 my early 20s, so it wasn't an appropriate email address. I changed it over. And because of that, those first two years were lost in the Yahoo history. Uh, so since then I've won three, but, uh, in my mind, I've still won five. Okay. That's, that's respectable. Um, that is very respectable and I should expect nothing less from a, a savvy vet like yourself. <laughs> so, um, what's up Jeff and Nick and the fantasy sports doc. What's up guys. We got our, our friends and fam in the, in the chat. Um, and let me get back to our questions. Okay. So, Moving on from your first league, what's your favorite type of league to play in? What are your favorite league settings? Um, I Superflex has been kind of becoming my favorite. Um, for the longest time, I was a tra 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 traditionalist, and I didn't really like the, uh, the the two QB situation. But yeah, I think my first year playing Superflex was in the Scott Fishbowl. I was kind of forced into that, so I, you know, I I played it. I enjoyed it. I saw the difference in the leagues and how the quarterbacks are valued the way they are in the NFL. You know, quarterbacks are going in the first few rounds as they should, uh, as opposed to in, you know, single quarterback leagues, they might go in like the 10th or the eighth round. You might be getting your, mm -hmm. your number one quarterback. So I do see the difference there. I do like the, the you know, the super flex settings. I played in a couple other leagues that are a little bit more um, out there. Obviously, the you know, Gee team leagues are pretty big. Yeah. Uh, I played in some some vampire leagues. I did play in a guillotine league last year that I want to do again this year. It's actually a, a team based guillotine league. So there was four divisions in okay. four teams in each division. So it was a 16 team yeah. league. The four teams in your division, you were all one team. So you were basically, you know, collaborating on your draft. Like, all right, let's go yeah. all this round. Let's all do this. And then in the during the week, you know, if you had bye weeks, you're like, oh, I got uh, Swift on a bye week. You would just text your friend like, hey, 
I see you have, you know, uh, Montgomery on your bench. Let's, let's switch. I'll give you Swift for this week. You can put him on your bench. I need Montgomery on my lineup. So we would try to win that way. Um, and then the yeah. guillotine part of it. So we got eliminated after a while. Uh, you know, you got your rooting for your teammates to kind of bring it home for your division. So it was a really cool format. That's cool. So do you watch Big Brother on CBS? I do not. Yeah, I do not. Okay, so I'll, I won't ramble then too much. But this year for Big Brother, like the first couple of weeks, I think we just finished week one. Um, they're actually doing it in teams. So it sounds kind of like that with your that guillotine league you were in where basically like whoever the head of household is, their entire team is safe. And nice. then there's been different little competitions so far where like if you win it, you can either like trade places with someone on the team that's safe or you spin a wheel and whatever number you get, everyone or you like you pick one person or two people or three people depending on the number that you land on and that many people from your team are safe so it sounds is that kind of similar to the very similar yeah very similar yep Um, i'm actually working on my own sort of settings i haven't been able to perfect it quite yet i keep coming up with scenarios that kind of breaks it but i'm calling it zombie leagues it's basically um zombie like kind of like vampire leagues and they can't Uh draft they pick up from the waiver wires. The, the difference mm-hmm. is in season, if the zombie beats you, uh, he gets to take one of your players. You switch, you swap players, just like a vampire league. But then you have to drop all your starters, and then you got to pick oh, up from the waiver wire, and now you're also a zombie. So now there's two zombies in the league. Nice. Um, I've, I've kind of gone through different settings. I'm trying to find a scenario that kind of balances things out because the big issue is waiver wire. Is like yeah. how do the teams that you know are not zombies, how do they do waivers? And how do the teams that are zombies, mm-hmm. they get first dibs and – so it, it, I'm still trying to figure out the dynamics of it all, but I'm hoping to release that at some point, either this year or next year. Yeah, that'd be really cool, especially if you're a Walking Dead fan like me. Um, <laughs> I was actually watching that before we hopped on. Um, because like I feel like with that, I don't know. I, I totally just lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like that'd be really cool. I th- you'd have to figure out a way to like have custom waiver priority settings. I feel like. Yep. And that's kind of what I was kind of coming to. I, you know, it was like, okay, if, if this, if a zombie wins in a certain week, you know, then that team's to be dropping their starters. It's going to be flooded with really good players. Yeah. So does everybody get to bid that first day on the players, yeah. including the teams that aren't zombies. And then after that first day, then the zombies can sort of add waivers whenever they want. Um, that's kind of how I've kind of been thinking about it a little bit. Cause otherwise, if you know, if you let the zombies pick up that first day, only the zombies pick up, they're going to add all the good players, and then all of a sudden you got zombies that are like super zombies and super zombies, yeah. yeah, yeah. And we, we don't want super zombies, not <laughs> we, we not. don't want World War Z zombies, we want Walking Dead zombies, yeah. There you go. Oh, so, um, okay. So, when did you start making content for fantasy football? You so, started playing in '96. When did you start making content? I think it was uh, 2015. So it's, for the, it's kind of funny. So the way it came about, uh, I used, I'm, like I said, I'm a stat nerd and I play fancy football and all my friends would text me on Sundays. You know, who do I start? Who do I start? Or they text me on Tuesdays. Like, who am I adding for waivers this week? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd always get these, these questions all the time. Even from guys that are in the leagues that I'm playing in would ask me questions about sit start. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm literally in the same league as you. Why are you asking me these questions? But uh, it was one particular week that I, I gave somebody at work um, 
a good start sit. I think actually it might have been a waiver wire. I think it was uh, uh, Devontae Freeman, I believe, uh, the year he was uh, the number one running back. I told him to add him off of waivers, and he just, you know, blew up and ended up being, you know, what he was. Um, But he made a comment like, yeah, you should start a blog or something, man. People would follow you. And that's when the light bulb kind of went off. I was kind of like, hmm, all right. Uh, the funny thing is, though, is when I finally got around to figuring out how to do it and getting it started, um, my official launch date was like the week after the Super Bowl. So I basically <laughs> missed the whole season. Now, now I had a whole summer to go uh, with trying to find ways to do content. And this was even before I played Dynasty. I didn't play Dynasty until I think 2016, which is the following year from me starting to do content. Okay. Um, so I started writing uh, NBA DFS. If you go back on my website and you scroll all the way back to the beginning of time, it was all NBA DFS because that's all that was playing right then. And I wanted to have yeah. something to write about. Um, and NBA DFS at that time wasn't as big. So there wasn't as many sites doing it. Yeah, um, My site kind of got a lot of hits really fast. And it kind of was like, oh, it opened my eyes. And I was kind of like, all right, this is, this is going to be kind of fun. I thought I'd be trying to beg my friends and family to go there and read my stuff. <laughs> um, but when I started seeing, you know, you're getting thousands of hits a day on this NBA DFS stuff. I was like, all right, this is pretty cool. And I kind of carried it through the summer. Uh, and then eventually, you know, that that first year with football was huge for me, you know, DFS wise, uh, season along the whole nine. So at that point, I had kind of built a brand for myself and it just kind of snowballed from there. I didn't even think that I'd have writers working for me. I didn't even think about doing a podcast. Uh, none of that. It just all just kind of fell into place. Dude, that's awesome. Um, who's your favorite NBA team? This is totally not on the show sheet, but since you started NBA DFS, I have to ask. So this this is probably something you've never heard before because no one's a fan of this team. But it's the uh, it's the New Orleans Pelicans. That okay. is my favorite team. And there's a story behind that. So I, I grew up in Newport News, which if you don't know where that's at, it's in Virginia. It's close okay. enough to North Carolina that growing up, I had North Carolina radio uh, TV stations on you know on my channel. So I'd be able yeah. to watch North Carolina's local channels. And this was in 88, 89, when the, the Charlotte Hornets were first introduced into the league. They were an expansion okay. team. I was yeah. new to the NBA. It was kind of a perfect match. Back then, it was the starter jackets were huge, and everyone was wearing those colors. So I became a fan of the Charlotte Hornets. And, you know, obviously, they, you know, moved to new orleans and i followed them my fandom kind of followed them there mm-hmm. uh they became the pelicans all the history went back to the charlotte hornets so it's kind of weird now my my real end my real nba team that the, the pelicans doesn't have the history that i remember i remember alonzo morning and larry johnson mm-hmm. and all that history now is back with charlotte so it's a little bit of a weird thing but uh i couldn't change i couldn't change my allegiance i'd watched them for so long that i've been rooting for them so i'm still rooting for the pelicans awesome that's 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 really cool. Um, and y'all's best player, Zion. Zion Williamson, is actually near where I live now, or oh, from nice. where I live near. Um, nice. So my uh, my best friend and his wife, I think, went and watched him play in high school a couple years ago because um, they they live here too. Um, so that was they were all pumped about Zion and ready for Zion. And then I was like, I was holding out hope he wasn't going to d- go to Duke, and then he did. But he was still just so, so much fun to watch, yeah. Um, and and still is. He's going to be great for the league. So I'm um, I'm happy that you guys have him too. Um, all right. Why did you start? Well, you kind of explained it, but so I guess I'm I'm going to pivot a little bit from this the show sheet. How did you get started in Dynasty? Did you start writing for it, or did you start playing it first? Uh, so I started. So this is how Dynasty, the whole thing with Dynasty came about. Um, I was always very good at 
if I didn't do something, I found someone that did something. You know, even to this day, I don't play IDP leagues. I have a writer that does IDP, so he writes IDP for me. So I would bring people on my podcast or I'd have writers writing for me that were doing dynasty stuff. They'd come on and, you know, talk about dynasty. And it just kind of piqued my interest. And I've been wanting to get my home league uh, to become dynasty. So I had to convince them to do a dynasty league because they weren't really into it. Um, and even the first couple of years, they still weren't really into it. They would it would go summer and we'd have no transactions, no nothing. It was no engagement. Uh, it wasn't until, until Sleeper came about where I didn't have to do the spreadsheets in the offseason because Yahoo didn't mm-hmm. you know, go through the whole offseason that they finally started getting very you know, into it and doing trades in the offseason, those kind of things. Um, so it was a very slow process. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I had people on my show doing, you know, the rookie stuff and I didn't know any of the rookies. I still to this day don't watch college football. I don't learn these rookies' names until they mm-hmm. actually, yeah, I don't watch it. I, wow. I, I work every Saturday, so I don't even have time to watch it. Um, but yeah, I learn their names when the season's all said and done. You know, I'll, I'll I'll go back and I'll watch you know their tape and you know see the players that I like and and just kind of do my own sort of sort of film review. But yeah, I don't know any of the college players until they're actually becoming pros. Wow, that's kind of impressive. Um, but it doesn't like your rookie lo- love for the league that we are in together doesn't make sense now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, wow, that's really interesting. Okay, cool. I think it, it, it. So it's a disadvantage and an advantage because coming into that film watching, I have no bias. You know, I have no yeah. preconceived notion like, oh, Jamar Chase is the best receiver. Like, I don't know this, so I'm just going to go in and I'm going to watch and see what I see, yep. and then I make my own decisions. And I, used, I always try to do things before anybody else does them. It's kind of my thing. Even with DFS, I used to write DFS, uh, NFL stuff, watching Monday Night Football. For the next week, I would already have my stuff because the DraftKings releases their stuff kind of early. My thought process was I'm going to get my stuff out there with my my opinions before I read other opinions that influence my opinion. Does that make sense? So I I kind of did the same thing. You know, I would just I would just put it out there as fast as I could because it was my opinion. It was fresh. It was clean. Same thing with like the rookies. You know, I don't want to be influenced by, you know, these guys saying, oh, this guy's great. This guy's great. And then go back in and then almost try to find the things that are great about them. This way I'm sort of yeah. late. I go in and make my own decisions on them. That's a good point too. And I actually like when I'm watching, I kind of try to do the opposite because like I do watch a little bit of college football. Well, that's probably an understatement, um, <laughs> especially if you ask my wife, but um, I try and find flaws, like see what they're not good at and what they like where they need work on when I'm watching film. So, but I love that, like you, like you have no preconceived notions. So like you don't have, correct me if I'm wrong. You don't have a favorite college football team. Nope. So you have no, nothing holding you to a guy before you start watching and you start watching after. If you, if you ask me right now to name college teams in, in, in what uh, conference they were in, I'd have no idea. SCC, ACC. <laughs> I, I couldn't name a, I couldn't name them in any of them. I, I literally don't nothing about college football. That's... So I, I, I keep it really, uh, like I said, blank slate. It's all, it's all pros for me until they become, you know, pros or until they're getting ready to go into the pros. Uh, that's when I learned their names. Now I got Jeff Bell, who I don't know if he's still in the chat or not. Uh, he kind of talks some players up a little bit. So, I'll have some general knowledge just based on, you know, exposure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as knowing, you know, even what team they play for sometimes, I just know the name. I don't even know what team they play for. So it's it's very blank slate when I go and look at the rookies. That's awesome. 
Um, okay. Uh, what is your favorite thing about the fantasy football community? Uh, that last word, the community part. I just like, I like, you know, when I first started, I was a big Facebook person. I was, I wasn't even on Twitter. Um, I did a lot of Facebook groups, still have Facebook groups that I use and put, put my content in. And when I got on Twitter, I think in 2016, so I've been doing content now for over a year. Uh, even at that point, it was just an automated program that would just put my articles over there. I didn't do any engagement. I didn't talk yeah. to anybody. I just kind of like, you know what, I'm just going to put it on Twitter. If I get six hits on this article, who cares? It's all about Facebook. I'm just putting it on Facebook. That's where I'm doing all my interaction. That's where I'm doing all my advice. Um, it wasn't until I met Ryan, you know, my my, my co-host uh, on my podcast. Um, he was running a Facebook group that I'd post my content in. And actually, I had him and another guy on my podcast that was also running a Facebook group. We did kind of a Facebook group podcast battle where I had both of them on debating nice. different topics from different, you know, from both to Facebook groups. Um, and then I'd bring Ryan on occasionally as a guest and he'd come on and, you know, he would, he was kind of like the last minute guy. Like, oh shit, my, 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 uh, my guy just canceled on me. Hey Ryan, can you jump on? And yeah. Ryan would come on and he would jump on. Uh, and then he started getting me into Twitter. He started talking about more and more of these Twitter, you know, things going on. He sent me like tweets and stuff like that. So I started getting more and more into it. Uh, and then before long, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm knee deep in Twitter and I, you know, Facebook has now become the afterthought and Twitter is more of the th my thing now. So uh, it's just funny how things change like that and the way things, the way things happened. Yeah, absolutely. And you actually just added me to a Facebook group and I need to probably interact on that a little more. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, and it's cool. Cause like, like I, I started on Twitter and like started at zero followers and have grown to I what I'm at now, but like, the community is the best part because like it's helped build me to get there. It's I've met friends like you and like Jay, like Jay and I are like this, like best friends for life now. Um, and there's so many other friendships that I've made that wouldn't have happened if it weren't for the community of, of fantasy Absolutely. football. Absolutely. Um, and, and shout out to Scott fish and the Scott fish bowl. Cause that's the, that's the real underlying purpose of Scott Fishbowl, and that's how you meet people um, yep. in the community. And and I, I love that aspect of it as well. So, yep, definitely. I mean, it's, Ryan got me in a Scott Fishbowl too. As a matter of fact, four years ago, we finished up a podcast, and he looks at his phone and he goes, "Yes, I got it in the Scott Fishbowl." And I was like, "What the hell is a Scott Fishbowl?" And he's like, "Oh, you tried to tell me about it. That sounds pretty cool. Let me just go apply really quick." And I applied like literally a month before the actual thing was supposed to, you know, when it was all said and done. And I got invited. Mm -hmm. I was even I was surprised I got invited, and I've been invited yeah. ever since. But um, yeah, it was pretty cool. I knew nothing about it when I was on Twitter, you know, back then. No, I didn't either. Honestly, I uh, I I think I applied last year, kind of like you did, a month before, um, maybe two months before, and then Ryan McDowell shouted out the astronauts. Um, from his Twitter account. And then like the next day or so, a bunch of us got in. Nice. Including me. And I was like, all right, cool. And then from there it, it just blew up and it's, it was so much fun. So, um, and then I started my own charity tournament. So, but this isn't <laughs> about me. All right. Uh, who's your favorite? Actually, real, real quick on that charity note, let me, let me just grab something really quick. I wanted to show you something. Yeah, absolutely. A quick plug, if you will. Of course. Uh, so we actually run a, a charity DFS tournament, and we just got the belt in just recently that we'll be giving away. 
Oh, that um, is gorgeous. Yeah, it's it's a week one tournament. It's not like a full long season. If anybody plays DFS out there, um, we basically have a a small GPP type style set up. Um, and then whoever wins that week gets the belt. Uh, it's all for charity. We take it's free to get into the league. The donations are optional. Um, but if you go to goingfor2.com backslash 21 grinder, we call it the grinders championship. Because if you're a DFS player, you're a grinder because that's what you do. You just grind daily. Um, so yeah, just Literally. go to um, goingfor2.com backslash. I think it's either 21 grinder or grinder 21. Okay. Um, yeah, I will. Yes, Nick, that belt is dope. So, um, yeah, shoot that over to me, Jeff, whenever you figure it out, and I will add it to uh, show show notes and, and tweet it out as well. Stuff. I um, haven't promoted it heavy yet because I've noticed in, in years past when doing this that until I have the DraftKings link to the contest, no <laughs> one wants to sign up. Once I have yeah. the actual link to the contest, then I can get people to sign up. So yep. I haven't plugged it too hard just yet. That makes sense. Um, okay. Who is your favorite NFL team? The 49ers. Uh, it's ah. been my team for, um, I mean, going back all the way into what, 83, 84, somewhere in that range. Okay. The Montana and Jerry Rice days. My, nice. my first vivid memory. Now, I, I've watched a lot of Super Bowls before this game, but if you were to tell me, you know, the moment that I became a, a football fan, it was the Bengals in the 49ers Super Bowl when Joe Montana drove down 90 yards through the touchdown pass to John Taylor in the end zone and won. That's when I became a football fan because that was the only game that I can remember in that time where it was close. Back then it was like blowouts. I mean, it was always blowouts. Yeah. The game was over by, you know, by the first quarter, by the first half, and it was pretty much over. So that was the first game that I can remember where it was actually a close game. I was into it to the fourth quarter, rooting for, you know, for my guy, Jerry Rice, my favorite player is Jerry Rice. And, uh, you know, I think he had a huge game. Uh, it may even be so the, the record-breaking game um, in, in, the, in that Super Bowl. And, then, of course, John Taylor wins it for him. And I was a fan from there ever since. Nice. Um, so is Jerry Rice the GOAT of all receivers? Oh, yeah. It's no question. Okay. I, I, always, I always do this argument where it's like, you know, is it, you know, can you pick a quarterback? Can you do a receiver? Can you do a running back? For me, if you do quarterback as greatest of all time, there's a debate. I know Tom Brady, you know, he's now since kind of separated himself a little bit, but there's still people that want to debate Joe Montana. There's still people that want to debate, you know, different quarterbacks. And there's some say Peyton Manning was the best talent wise. Um, same thing with running back. You got a running back. You get people, you, yeah, uh, Emmitt you, Smith, and Barry Sanders. You must know your, 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 uh, your host. Well, um, <laughs> Peyton Manning is my, my favorite player has been since I was a kid. So nice. thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, when you go to when you go to a receiver, you get very few arguments that it's not Jerry Rice. I mean, I, people yeah. want to throw in Randy Moss, they want to throw in Terrell Owens, but when Rice was better than most of them after the year of, after age thirty five, you look at his numbers, he's still better. Mm -hmm. than, you know what I mean? So it, it, Rice is so far and above everybody else. It's definitely Rice for me. Yeah, well, and I think that it wasn't even a passing league like back then. Like it, imagine. Imagine his talent now in a passing NFL. Yep. He would have, I mean, I feel like he would have just blown people out of the water with how good and how talented he was. So um, I, I have no arguments with that. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I like that. And you explained why you're a fan. So that was going to be my follow up question. All right. What is your favorite sport that is not football? Favorite sport is definitely basketball. I, okay. I grew up playing basketball. Even above football? 
Um, if I'm playing it, yes. Okay. If I'm Same watching here. it, it's football. Yeah. If, okay. I, if I'm going to go out and say, hey, I want to play football or, or basketball, I'm going to go play basketball, especially at my age. I'm, I'm 44 years old. I've got bad <laughs> knees and a bad back. So football ain't happening at this age. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I played basketball. Um, I actually, when I was in high school, played basketball against Allen Iverson. Um, so that's kind of cool. Kidding. Yeah, he, I grew up in that area where it was Iverson was winning championships, and then uh, Michael Vick was there as well. He was also the same in that same time frame. So I got to see both of them play in, in high school because they were both in the oh same gosh. area that I, I grew up in. But I didn't play football uh, in high school, but I did play basketball, and I played against Allen Iverson, which um, he's he's not six foot, by the way. <laughs> I know his his NBA thing says he's six foot. Trust me, I was six foot in, in high school, and he was shorter than me, so I know he's not six <laughs> foot. But uh, they do kind of fudge that a little bit. But uh, he was, I mean, unbelievable, unbelievable. Like you just knew this kid was special. I mean, it was like, yeah, like you you don't realize like the NBA talent and how it is, and how fast everything moves until you see someone like Allen Iverson literally in yeah. front of you in front of guard. I mean, it's impossible. You just you can't yeah. do it. No, um, b- back home in Birmingham, I played with a guy. He played for University of Detroit, and I swear to God, the dude doesn't have hip flexors because of how fluid and smooth and the way that he moves. It's just like, you're like, you're not human dude. Yep. <laughs> um, and in that same uh, home pickup league, I've actually played with um, Alonzo G that played at Alabama and then played in the nice. NBA. So nice. um, little, little humble brag there. Alonzo G actually said that I was a good shooter. So <laughs> nice, nice. Iverson doesn't know my name, so I can't claim that. He wouldn't even know who I was. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's up, Dan? Happy to have you in the, the in the comments. Oh, so, uh, okay. So, favorite sport is basketball. Um, favorite team there is the Pelicans. Favorite NFL team is the 49ers. 49ers. Um, who's your fa- before I move on to the last question? Who's your favorite NBA player? Hmm, that's tough. I mean, it's got to be Michael Jordan. Um, I, you okay. know, he, he, that's basically he's what got me into the NBA. He's what got me into yeah. watching the NBA. It was Michael Jordan. Um, modern day players. Um, it's tough. I I wanted to say Anthony Davis, but he burned me too bad, so I can't I can't go with yeah. Anthony Davis. Uh, I do like Chris Paul, even though he also burned us and went to LA. Uh, I, I'm, I'm rooting for him in the, in the finals. Hope he can get his championship. I really like Chris Paul. Uh, he plays his heart out, and everywhere he's been, they've been a winning yeah. team. So you know, Chris Paul is definitely awesome, and I think Chris Paul ranks up there as maybe top top eight point guards in of all time. So I think uh, Chris Paul is my modern day uh, favorite player. Nice, I love it. Um, all right, cool. So last question um, before we wrap up. What hobbies do you have outside of, of fantasy football? So photography before I got really? into fantasy football. Yeah. I, I own a lot of high end professional equipment. Unfortunately, I don't get as much time to use it as I used to. Um, but, but I do pull it out for like holidays and stuff and I get family pictures and stuff like that. But yeah, I used to, I live, you know, live right near DC. I take my camera and we just go walk around DC for hours and, you know, people go to D.C. to take tourist photos. I was going to D.C. to take pictures of the tourists. You know, I was like the street photography. <laughs> I was like trying to get the pictures of the guy skateboarding, you know, uh, you know, a Washington Monument skateboarder or something like that. I wasn't looking yeah. at the monuments and the, the historical effect. I was looking at the people that were there to to, to do stuff. So that's kind of how I was um, doing my photography back then. Unfortunately, I, you know, I got a daughter now and it's a whole lot harder to get those kind of things done. And 
whenever free time I do have, I'm doing fancy football now. So I don't get as much time to, uh, to do it anymore. Well, that's cool. See, that's the whole point of this show is you get to learn something that you didn't know <laughs> about your favorite analysts and people in the fantasy football industry. Um, Jeff, I'm going to throw it up on the ticker. Um, first off, thanks again for coming on for the inaugural episode. Thank you for being a, a friend and a mentor and, and taking me under your wing as we go on this journey of www.ffcollective.com. Um, I really appreciate you. Uh, and Jay, I know I've said his name 14,000 times. It feels like in this episode, <laughs> but Jay always told me how good of a, a dude and a person you were. And then I actually got to work with you and, and for you. And I was like, yeah, everything you said, hundred percent true. You're awesome. Um, tell us where you can, where people can find you again and anything that you're working on or want to plug. Yeah. So first of all, thanks for having me on the show and, and thanks for the kind words. And, and Jay is like my hype man. I've gotten, multiple writers that have come to me because of Jay, uh, you know, hyping me up in some other retweet group, like, Hey, if you're getting your start, you know, come to going for two, you know, and I've gotten a bunch of guys that have started with me. Some of the guys have actually gone on to have jobs, like not in fancy football, but as writers or editors because of they oh, started with, with here and had a sort of a pro a, a portfolio. Uh, so it's kind of cool to watch that. And I do give guys their first chance. A lot of guys that have started with me was their first opportunity to write. Um, and they go on to do bigger and better things. So pretty cool. And it, again, thanks for having me on. I love having you on the Going for Two team. Uh, you know, get on some of our podcasts. Hopefully, you can come on this this season on the uh, Armchair Fancy Show as well. Uh, of course, you can follow me, guys, uh, right there, uh, right there uh, at Jeff Lambert seventy seven. It's spelled a little different, uh, G E O F F. Um, but yeah, definitely give me a follow uh, and ask questions. I'm always answering my DMs. My DMs are open. So if you have any questions or anything DFS related or fancy football related, just hit me up. I'm usually pretty good about answering all those questions. Awesome. Thank you. Um, guys, make sure you follow our uh, Twitter at FF underscore collective. That is also spelled a little different. It is K O L L E C T I V. You can follow my podcast, the fantasy nightcap up there in the top right corner at Fantasy Nightcap, and then you can find me on Twitter at FFShaneB. I write for The Collective, and I write for Jeff at GoingFor2.com. So I actually have an article that is that I have planning to come out for both websites soon. Nice. So um, thanks again, ladies and gentlemen. This is Collective Knowledge with your host, Shane Barrett.